Yeah, but we got to have some replacements. <laughs> have replacements. Yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, last three Sundays, sharing with you about faith works. We're going to continue that today. And uh, so I want you to open your Bible. We're going to a different scripture. We've been using uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, where it talks about faith works by love. We're going to go to uh, a familiar passage on faith that we hear a lot um, because there's some things in this, the first few verses of Hebrews chapter 11, that I want us to see today. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is a good definition of faith right there. If you can see it, why have faith for it? Okay? That'd be like just simply this. If I were to say to you, do you believe I have a Bible in my hand? Well, it don't take any faith to believe I got a Bible in my hand. But if I walk up here with my hand behind my back and you don't know, and I said, do you believe I got a Bible in my hand? And it's going to take some faith for you to believe I got a Bible in my hand. Okay? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now get a hold of this next verse. For by it, that is faith, the elders obtained a good report. Now I want you to keep that thought in your mind right there. They obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, testimony and report are pretty much the same thing. By faith, the elders, and it talks about the elders beginning in verse 4 through the rest of the chapter 11 of Hebrews, the elders of the faith, the elders of Israel, the, the, those that took a step in faith. And you know, we, we read in Second Corinthians, and Hebrews rather, it says that we're to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. So if you want to, if you want to see how faith works and how to live by faith, you need to spend a lot of time concentrating, meditating, and reading the rest of Hebrews chapter 11. Now the next verse says, But without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, uh, faith that works keeps a good report. Now think about that. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you keep a good witness. You keep a good testimony. You, you keep yourself to the point to where that, that not only you, but those around you knows that you're a person that is living by faith. See, it said that Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, folks, Enoch lived in a time much like what you and I live in today. Probably even worse because it was a time that, that just made God so sick of it that he ended up destroying the earth and all mankind except Noah and seven other people. But he lived in a time, and if you were to go back and study the time that Enoch lived in, it was a, a terrible, ungodly kind of time, much like what we see today. See, and if you go on in chapter 6 of Genesis, you'll find where it says that, that these men in that day, 
they were taking advantage of women to the point of rape, molestation, abortions were going on. They were even, uh, uh, the, we think that homosexuality didn't come in until many years later, but that was going on in that time also. Just uh, all kind of ungodliness going on. But Enoch chose to live by faith and walk with God. Now that's a decision that you and I need to make today. Instead of getting hooked up and buy into this world system and, and go the way the world does, you and I need to make up our mind that I, I believe God and I'm going to keep my report clean and up to date that I believe God and walk with God, my testimony. Another thing, wait, we look at this, is our confession of faith. And, and we all need to have that. I'm, and I'm, I need to be willing and able, and you do too, that in any circumstance that comes up, that I would be willing to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. And, and keep that confession without shame. You know, we're, we're in a time now to where that it seems like that people want to get shame you if you stand up and give a testimony for Jesus Christ. Well, it was that way in his day also. But he continued walking with God, fellowshipping with God. He had a relationship. See, here's one thing that we need to realize. Faith is not about getting things. Faith is about a relationship with Almighty God. That's, what it, that's the whole crux of Him giving us faith. Because, see, we can't see God except in His Word. Now, there's times we feel God. There's times we hear God. But to try to tell the world that, they, you mean God talks to you? Well, sure He does. I remember... Some years ago, they was talking one, uh, I guess it was when George Bush was running for president, that, that he talked about God talking to him. And somebody made the statement that, I, I, I'm afraid of somebody that says that God talks to him. Well, I'm on the other side of that. I'm afraid of somebody that says that God don't talk to him. Because you know they hadn't got a relationship with God. Because if you have a relationship with God, God is going to fellowship with you. And, there'll be time, and I'm not talking necessarily about verbal, outward words like what I'm talking now, even though that may come. I'm talking about that inward witness of the Spirit of God that God will talk to you and help you see and know and understand when all visible signs and means of anything is gone, you know in here, you know that you know, and God speaks with you and deals with you in such a way as that. Now, I've heard God's audible voice one time. Thought to maybe some other times, but I know of one time for sure that I heard God's audible voice. And that was on a Saturday night in August in 1969. I've shared this with you before, but I was riding on 157 about to go up Battleground Mountain. And I looked out the window and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And just as real as my voice is right now, I heard God say, preach my gospel. And I said, huh, I can't even get up before a congregation and sing and look at them. And he said the second time to me this. He said, trust me, and I'll take care of it. Well, I think he's pretty well took care of it, don't you? <laughs> so God still speaks, and God still deals. Now, God has spoke to me many, many times and given me directions and helped me to know things. But, folks, it's, it's a work of faith. I quit asking for signs and putting out fleeces many years ago because I was seeing some wrong signs and ended up getting fleeced. 
right. So I learn, I learn by faith to follow that inward witness. See, what, what Mark read to us that scripture that we became new. And when I became new, my body didn't become new. My eyes didn't change colors. My hair changed colors over a period of time. But it did instantly. See, you don't have to have gray hair to be a Christian. But the best Christians are gray-headed or slick-headed. Ain't that right, Ron? Yeah. <laughs> there was Michael back there. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in. Ain't got nothing to do with what I'm preaching about. But I was made new in my spirit man. And my spirit man was made alive. And I came to the point many years later to where I learned to listen to my spirit man because my spirit man is hooked up with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's hooked up with God and God will speak with me and deal with me through that spirit man. Now, I'm not talking about a thought that comes in your head, just a whimsical thought, you know. And a lot of people get it mixed up. Let me tell you something I, I learned also. This will help you. You can get any kind of thought. And they, some of them just sounds real good, but they're not God thoughts. How I learn to know the difference is when something begins to come into my mind and into my knowing, just like it come off the top of my head, and I know that's not what I need to be listening to and following. But when it seems like that thought comes from here, and comes up, then I know that's God. And I begin to listen to that. And I begin to dwell on that and meditate on that and walk in it. And folks, that is a work of faith. You have to follow it by faith. You, the Bible may have everything you need to do spelled out completely, but you have to have faith to follow that. And so that's why we need to keep that good report. So regardless of what the world's doing, the world can fall apart and go to hell tomorrow, but you keep walking with God because you know that this is right and you know that God's right and you know that God's hand's upon you and you walk with Him and follow Him regardless of what may be going on around you. So we keep a good report. Enoch walked with God. He was in personal relationship with Him. And one day, God just took him out of all of that. I mean, he didn't die. It wasn't a funeral. He just took him home. Just he. he I I said this before, but y'all bear with me. Can can if y'all bear with me? So that means if you bear with me, it means I can say this again. But I picture this a lot of times. I'd picture Enoch saying, "Turn this hourglass over, you know, and say, oh, time to go talk with God a while, and go out and he just walk with God and he'd walk way over here in the countryside, you know, and get going on and God say." Enoch, it's time for you to go back home now. Enoch, go back home. Next day he'd get up. At a certain time he'd go out and he'd start walking with God. And he'd walk and talk and fellowship and commune. And God would show him all of these things and give him a message to preach. And he'd come back and preach about what was going on. And he'd just walk with God and walk with God and walk with God. And one day he was walking with God. And it come late in the day and God said to Enoch, said, Enoch, we're closer to my house than we are yours. Just come on home with me. Took him out of all of that. I don't know that it happened that way. I like to imagine that. It's okay to imagine sometimes, you know. And I like to think about that that's what happened. Let me tell you something, folks. You and I walk with God, and, and during the meantime, do the work that God has called us to do. There's going to come a time, and not far down the road, like what we sang about this morning, the trumpet's going to sound, and Jesus is going to come back and say, come on home with me. Hallelujah. Mm. 
He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. That time's coming. And let me tell you something, folks. I don't believe that because I've heard it all my life. I believe that because it's the Word of God. And by faith, I believe that I'll see it. I believe. I, I, I'm like Job said. That even though this, this body may go into the ground and even though these things happen, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives and in the last days I'll see him. He said, he'll stand up on this earth. I believe that with all my heart. So we've got to walk with him and keep a good report. You know, when we started this message on, on faith that works, we talked about Caleb. You remember, he, he said that uh, uh, we can take this land. And he had, I, I thought about it this way. At age 85, he still had an age 40 confession going on about him. He wasn't walking around off over there and saying, well, you know, I'm just old, old as dirt. Man, I tell you, no, he, he, he you know, somebody come along and say something to him, he wasn't the one to say, well, that just goes along with old age. He still had an age 40 mentality, confession. Because at age 40, he said to those Israelites, he said, we can more than take that land because God is with us. God is with us. Now, I want you to look with me. In, 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 uh, in Joshua, uh, chapter 14. In Joshua, chapter 14, beginning in verse... I usually have it marked, and I didn't. Verse 7. He says, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord and my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet hath trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because that thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Now listen to what God told him. For forty years this man held on to this, and now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he hath said these forty and five years. Forty-five years. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. That's eighty-five. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in that day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how that the Anakins were there, that's the giants, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord had said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Japheth the Hebron for an inheritance. I read all that to you to let you see this. Listen, I can imagine for 40 years, 40 years in this wandering, the older ones were dying off. I don't know what age they'd get to before they'd die, but all that was over age 20 died in the wilderness except Caleb and Joshua. And what kept them alive was their faith to believe that God was able to take them and with them and through them do the impossible. And the impossible was to go into that land and to destroy all of those giants and get those out of their way that God was able to do that. And I can see them talking to the young guys coming up as they would sit around and, 
And as they would go on, I can just hear Caleb talking to them, saying, boys, listen, God said we can do this thing, and I believe God. I believe it's going to be just like he said. I can hear him sitting around the campfire at night, and him and Joshua talking about it, how they saw all of this over there, and how beautiful and great it was. And, and, and I can hear one of these young guys say, yeah, but didn't the elders say something about John? That don't mean nothing. Look, we can go in there. We can take this thing. God delights in us. And I believe that for 40 years, those two men preached faith in those young guys. I believe that they told them that we can do this. And they come in, they went in through the land, and, and, uh, and they came down to dividing up this thing. And Caleb said, I want that mountain. Forty-five years ago, Moses sent me over there, and I saw the giants. Now, 45 years later, I'm as fit and able as I was then. I know on that mountain there's giants. I want that mountain. And I believe that I can drive these giants out of the land. I believe I can do that. Now, folks, I'm telling you, that's keeping your faith up. You say, well, look, you don't know how long I've been believing God. How long do you think this man had been believing God? From the time God gave him that promise that wherever your feet are trod, I'll give it to you, 45 years. He kept saying it. He kept believing it. He kept looking to God. He kept believing and believing and saying it and talking it and planning it and knowing that there was a mountain over there named Hebron that had giants on it and he could clean out those giants and he could possess that land. Why? Because God said that he could. Listen, think of all the things that God has said in his word about you and I and, and that we could... Uh, and here's the thing about it. God didn't speak to Joshua personally. He spoke to him through the mouth of Moses. So he didn't even have that audible voice that we all want to hear. He just had the word that the man of God said. He said, I can take it. I can take it. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. He had got to the point in life where it didn't matter anymore. He had one goal and one vision. That was to take that mountain. You say, at 85, well, you know, we look at 85 today, and that's old, older, you know. I guess Bobby's getting close to that age now, ain't you, Bobby? You don't feel old, do you? You're good. See, what, I, what I'm telling you is this. The older we get, as we walk with the Lord, the more wisdom we obtain about how to do things, how to function, how to, how to, to flow in the power of God and in the Spirit of God. Also how to work and function in the natural world. We gain more wisdom in, in how to do that. And Caleb had gained wisdom through his journeys in the wilderness and through his exploits that God had brought him through. He had gained wisdom. And not only that, he had taught these young guys, we can do this. We can do this. Now here, let me tell you something, folks. A lot of you are younger than me. There's a few that's not. Some the same age. Most of you younger than me as far as uh, being born again goes, as far as your walk with the Lord. And I'm telling you today, we can do this thing. And faith works. And faith will work for you. You don't give up. Listen, there's going to come a time when Pastor Carroll's not going to be in this pulpit. There's going to come a day when I won't be here no more. I hope, I hope you go when I do. Okay. I'm talking about we all going to rapture. But if I go by the portal of physical death and you're still here, I want you to know 
that this thing's not built on Pastor Carol. This is a us kind of thing. And all I want to do is, 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 is pour that into you and help you understand that we can do this thing, that we can move on. I, listen, I'd love to be able to say to you that over these 30 years that I'm as strong now as I was 30 years ago, I'm not hardly that physically, you know, but I am spiritually more so. I'm able to go out and come in. I'm able to do spiritual warfare, and I thank God for knowing and understanding that. But listen, I've also come to understand there's some things that, that it comes to the point where I can't do it all. I don't want to do it all anymore. And that's the reason I want to pour it into you, and, and you have chance and opportunity, and you're able to move and, and to do the things that God calls. And see, this is what Caleb was doing and letting his faith work in that area. In chapter 15, I like this. They're beginning to take the land, and Caleb, had, uh, he got his part, and he drove out the three sons of Anak, and he went up to the Derby and, and before Kerjath's affair. And verse 16 of chapter 15, listen to this. And Caleb said, now listen, here's this wisdom coming in. Wisdom comes with age and experience. Now I know a lot of old people that are stupid as they can be. Now don't get me wrong. I, just because somebody's old don't mean they got smart. Okay? But we're not that way. And Caleb said to these young men that he had been training and talking to and imparting his faith to, he said, He that smiteth Kerjath Sephir and taketh it to him while I give Akshay my daughter to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it and he gave him Akshay, his daughter, to wife. What I'm saying is this. Caleb came to a point to where he said, Look, you guys got to learn how to fight. You got to learn how to step up. I've taught you faith. I've given you faith. I've imparted to you faith. Now then, who will ever take that hill, that mountain up there, this last stronghold of these giants, I'm going to do something for it. What I'm saying is this, folks, that you can't ride somebody else's coattail, somebody else's faith all of your life and be pleasing to God. There comes a time when you've got to step up and walk on your own faith the faith that you've been taught, the word that you've been given, and walk in that. And know that God's got a blessing for you in walking in that way. Amen? Got to keep a good report. If we believe it today, then we need to believe it 30 years from now. 30 years ago, I believed that God wanted a church and thoughtful, and I believed then that the Spirit of the Lord was upon us, and He had anointed us to preach the gospel to this area. You know what? Here we go, 30 years later, I still believe it today. I believe it with all my heart. David, at a young age, believed God. And he believed that God's blessings were upon him. He believed that God was, was great and good and, as, as a young man. Now, at this time, David had killed Goliath. He had got run out of Israel. And he had gone over to uh, the Philistines. And the Philistines made him leave because they thought he was crazy. And he came to the cave of Machpelah. Adullam. One of those two caves somewhere there in the Holy Land. Boy, I need to get my geography better, don't I? But he wrote a psalm, Psalms 34, and we talk about this a good bit. 
But I, I'm just going to go through here and highlight some things. And I want you to see the things that David said at that time that he believed. Psalms 34, verse 4, he said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Wow. As a young man now, think about this as a young man. Verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 7 says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivers them. Wow. Verse 9, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. No want. Anybody in here today with any wants? Well, listen, if you are, then you need to get this applied to your life. Oh, fear the Lord, verse 9, ye his saints. That's what I just read. Verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Shall not want far is the way that should be translated. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Now get a hold of this. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Verse 17, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Verse 19, many, everybody say many, are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You notice how many times he referred to the righteous here. How many times he referred to those that's in right standing and right relationship with God. He's talking about us that are born again. And he said, for the righteous, God will do things. He said that as a young man. Then later on in life, he wrote Psalms 37. And in Psalms 37, verse 25, listen to what he said. I have been young. As a young man, he wrote Psalms 34. And now am old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Wow. Think about that. Keeping a good report. Keeping the faith all the way down through your life. Now, I know David had some mishaps and some times that things didn't go right and his family got, got real uh, malfunctioned and, and things went wrong. But David walked in a relationship with God he walked in a place with God to where that when he became an old man, he said, listen, in all my life, I have never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed have to beg for bread. David came down to the end of his life, First Chronicles 29. He came down to the end of his life and in First Chronicles 29, verse 26, it says, Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all of Israel. And the, and the time that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and 30 and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Now listen to this next. And he died in a good old age, full of days, and riches, and honor. And Solomon his son reigned in his place. Get a hold of that. He came to the end of his life. And the Word of God says that when He came, He was full of days, full of riches, and full of honor, meaning that the blessing of the Lord was upon Him. He had that faith all the way down to the end. 
And you and I need to keep that same faith. We need to walk in that. I don't know if there's any of you in here today or not, but I believe there is, that wants to have a good life and see many days here upon this earth. I want you to go back to Psalms 34 with me for just a moment because there's something here that I want you to see. In Psalms 34, David, this same one in this same Psalms, wrote this. What man is there that desires life and loveth many days that he may see good? We all want that, don't we? I don't know of any of us sitting here this morning that, you know, if the Lord comes back, I'm ready to go. I, I, I get up sometimes and I look for Jesus to come, but I get up every day looking forward to the day that's ahead. I don't dread any day. Mondays don't make any more difference to me than, than Thursday or Friday does. You know, people get all excited because it gets Friday. Boy, the weekend's here. You know, I just have weekends all the time. I, you know, I, days, days, what day it is does not matter to me. You say, yeah, but you don't have a regular job either. Yeah. And you don't pastor a church either, okay? <laughs> you get four or five days a week. I got seven. <laughs> so, so, you see, what I'm saying is they don't, it don't matter. It, you know, I want to see many days. I get excited about living every day because it gives me another opportunity to do something that will bring glory to God. Love is life. Love is many days that he may see good. Now, he gives us a clue here. And we're talking about our report. We're talking about our confession. We're talking about how we live and move in faith. And listen to what he says. Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. You say, well, Pastor, I don't curse. <laughs> I thought about something Jamie told me. <laughs> I got to tell you all this. Sydney's not in here, so she won't get me. She's back with the children. Listen, they were playing ball the other night at Cold Springs. Wasn't it? Oh, no, it was Meek, wasn't it? And uh, Jamie said a girl was holding the door open for Meek down there, and she was just talking pretty ugly. And uh, said that they walked out and said, Sydney looked at her and said, It's thoughtful. We don't talk ugly in front. We don't curse in front of adults. <laughs> <laughs> teaching her the right way, Bradley. You teach me right. Don't don't do it out in public. I don't curse. Well, listen. You would be you would be amazed when you talk negative. The cursing that's going on through your negative talk, especially if you're talking negative about yourself or your family, people that are close to you. We, we, we need to learn to take the thumper mentality. I went to see uh, Hunter play basketball. Now, I could sit there and I could, I could just pick him apart right now. But I'm going to tell you something about that boy. There's nobody on the court that hustles harder than that boy does when he's playing basketball. I mean, he's after it. And, and, and I appreciate that in him. And I'd rather say that about him than pick him apart. Right? You know why? Because it's going, to keep, it's going to encourage him to keep hustling out there on that court. He may not make every layup. He may not make every three-pointer. He may not get every rebound. He may foul out in a game. But I'm going to tell you what, if he fouls out, he's going to be hustling when he does. 
You see, you see, now I could sit here and say, boy, I tell you what, that hunter, he just, he needs to learn, he can't make a layup. I don't know why he's shooting, he misses every three-point shot he makes, fouls out all the time. I could say that, and you know what I'd be doing? I'd be talking talk that I didn't need to talk for me and about him. Right? My lips would be speaking guile, they'd be speaking evil. I don't want that. But here's another thing. When we begin to talk about ourselves different than what the Word of God says about us, then we've got this uh, evil speaking, speaking guile, evil from our lips about ourselves. When we're declaring things about us different than what the Word of God declares about us. You say, well, how do I do that? by faith. It's by faith I take the Word of God over my situation. It's by faith I take the Word of God and speak the Word of God over my circumstance. It's by faith it, it, that we walk in that, even to the point to where that when we somebody comes along and they say, oh, watch it, here comes that person that's always talking about faith. You can say, yes, that's me. You got me labeled right this time because I'm talking about faith. When, when, you, when you sit around and talk about how poor you are, how broke you are. Can't do this, can't do that. And, and listen, there's, there's reason within everything. There's been times, I, I determined years ago that I wasn't going to ever tell my children again, hey, we ain't got the money for that. I just tell them, we can't do that right now. You see the difference in that? I, don't want them, I didn't want them to grow up thinking that mom and daddy was poor and broke and couldn't make it and didn't have anything for anything. They knew the situation. But they also knew our confession of faith. They knew where we stood and, 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 and our finances and our health and our home and our happiness. They knew where we stood in our relationship with God. And they'll be first to tell you, Mark and Becky will, they'll be the, the first to tell you that Daddy wasn't perfect. Thank you for not saying amen, son. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. But they can tell you this, though, about Daddy. Daddy loved the Lord, and he sought to serve the Lord all the time. See, that's the kind of, that's the kind of report that, that we need to have, that we're walking with God, that we keep this testimony, that we please God, and we see the end result of our faith come into being. In Psalms 39, in verse 1, David made this statement. He said, I said... I will take heed to my words that I sin not with my tongue. So much sinning we do with our tongue because of the way we use it. Romans tells us that whatsoever is not a faith is sin. We're talking about our circumstance, our situation, our family, what's going on in life. If we're not talking faith, we're not talking the right thing. We've got to speak faith over it. We've got to be as instant is that woman with the issue of blood that kept saying, kept saying. Do you know that she kept saying all that time and the blood flow never stopped? But as she was saying that and touched Jesus, that flow of blood stopped. It was done. It was over with. You and I have, yeah, but that didn't take but just a few minutes. Took Caleb 45 years to get his mountain, didn't it? So what do we want to do? What do we want to do? Give up after a few minutes? I make up our mind, I'm going to keep going. 
I'm going to keep going. I remember uh, hearing Brother Hagin say one time that somebody said to him, said, Brother Hagin, how long do you have to be prepared to stand? If you're going to stand in faith, how long do you have to be prepared to stand? He said, you need to come prepared to stand forever. And then when you do, it won't take as long. But if you come prepared to stand for a little bit of time, it's going to take forever. I mean, we're going to see this thing through and walk with God like Enoch did. And when this thing's over with, we'll have this testimony that we please God. Why? Because we lived that life of faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, just now that you move and work and touch in this congregation. Lord, I pray today that each one check their mind and check their spirit. Lord, the, the things we say, the, the areas of about to give up, Lord, that we determine today that we're going to change those things around and walk and live by faith and be the people you've called us to be. I thank you for it, Father God. Just move, Spirit of God, in this congregation right now. And as we, before we stand,